Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, and I do welcome you, and I'm glad that you've taken time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Make us part of your life and trust us that we are doing our uh, complete best to bring the truth of God's Word to you each and every week. I'd ask that you please hit that like button and follow us on your favorite podcasting app and tell others about us and how you found us. It's uh, the greatest blessing that you could really do for us, that you'll continue to pray for this ministry as we pray for all of our listeners around the globe. Today we're going to try to answer a question that uh, come in here some time ago about changing our life, how to change our life. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there's something in our life that we all want to change. I know uh, it could be something big, it could be something small. It, it, it may be uh, little to somebody else, but it could be a very big thing in, in your life. And perhaps this really is probably one of the most common questions that I've had over the years is simply, how do I change my life? How can I change my life? And there's something, again, that we all want to change about ourselves that we really don't like. Perhaps it's an attitude issue. Maybe we have a temper. Uh, maybe we like to steal. Uh, Maybe there's a family situation, a bad habit, you know, maybe smoking or uh, too much alcohol or drugs, a low self-esteem, and so on. And so, you know, I actually had this question uh, several times and always just kind of answer it back through an email. Uh, but this time around, I, I got this question and the person asked if I could answer it through the podcast. So... I will do my very best. I hope that you do have a Bible and that you would open it up to First uh, Samuel. First Samuel will be there in just a minute. How many times, you know, like a New Year's resolution, the New Year's coming up here shortly, and people make these New Year's resolutions all the time. Uh, they've probably given a hundred of them over their uh, lifespan, and perhaps uh, they failed 200 times if you kind of try to follow my meaning. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the so-called denominational world that uh, sell these self-help books, uh, call themselves Christian counselors and so on, and they make a lot of money uh, doing this. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, re I read some of those books when I was required to, when I went through school years ago. Uh, but uh, to me, that's really not the answer. Never, ever once gone to a seminar of any kind and, and bought tapes or videos or uh, anything along that line. But if you're going to change your life, probably the one as hard as the things to do is to look yourself in the mirror. And this is really, really how we're going to try to look at this. I think the fundamental answer to all of this is found in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. I think, again, this is really the reason why we try everything and we want to change uh, our lives, but some reason or another, we're never really able to. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, For the Lord does not see as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, I've had many times over the years, people say, well, you really can't see what's in that person's heart. Well, that's a, uh, there's a red heron in that statement. There's something missing, and that missing is Scripture. I mean, Jesus makes it pretty clear, in my opinion, that you can... Know what's in a person's heart by what comes out of their mouth. You can know it's uh, the tree is known by its fruit, is really what 
the words that Jesus here on this subject. Uh, you can look at that person being that tree uh, so many times throughout Scripture. People are referred to as trees. And what kind of a tree are we producing? Good fruit, bad fruit, you know, that type of thing. And we can uh, look at that and say, okay, I know or have a pretty good idea what's in that person's heart. But we, we tend to focus on the outside. Again, God looks at the inside. And when we, become, we start judging people by their appearance, and it, because I guess that's the easiest thing to look at. You know, I had this saying years ago, where I first heard this, oh my, 30-some years ago or more, the, the eyes were windows to the soul. And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and thought, man, there is nobody home? And there really might be some actual truth to that idea. But we need to be making a change in our life. And nine times out of ten, we always look to the outside. Something in our life needs to change. And I want to work on this bad habit. I don't want to use filthy language anymore. Um, I, I want to control the way I react to this person at work or at school uh, or this person at, at church. And I want such a change that when everyone looks at me, they see this great, wonderful thing. But, you know, have you asked God? Have you been praying about it? And so this idea of having a face-to-face -face type discussion with, with God in prayer over what you want to change. You know, how many times I could, I've lost count, to be honest, over the years. Somebody would approach me and say, hey, would you pray for me on, and you fill in the blank. Well, I'm always happy to pray for people. I, th I think we overlook one of the greatest and most powerful things at our disposal, and that is prayer. And if you have not prayed for this particular problem on your own, it makes me wonder how important this change is for you in your life. And so, you know, while God certainly does care about us in many aspects, I'm not so sure that he always cares about the outside step. You know, how much we weigh, what color our hair is, uh, where uh, we have all our teeth or not. I mean, might might be some important things for other people, but we always seem to be spinning our wheels, and we don't uh, consistently uh, look at the things the way God looks at them. We look at things through the eyes of the world around us, and you know, the more you read and you study the scriptures, the more you will see how much you really don't see the way God sees and thinks the way God thinks. We have allowed ourselves in so many ways to allow the world to influence our way of thinking, our way that we talk and act. And uh, I mean, if you look at the next verse here, in uh, first cleanse in Matthew uh, 23, verse 26, excuse me, Matthew chapter 23, verse 26, says, First, clean the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. So we have this idea here that Jesus is talking about. The inside is just as important, if not more important, than the outside. Uh, uh, this idea of our, of our bodies, that our hearts need to be clean. And so obviously, Jesus is speaking uh, more about uh, your heart than your pots and pans or whatever, your dishes and your clothes around the house. He wants you as a person to say, I want my heart to be clean and pure before God. While the outside it, it might be important to us, the inside is much more important to God. And if you have the inside clean, the outside will also be clean. So I think so many times that we just spin our wheels over and over again, 
on the outside stuff. And we're going to uh, try to stop a, a sin on the outside, trying to stop a habit, trying to change something as much as you focus on it. Uh, on the outside of this issue, outside on the outside of this uh, sin, uh, sin problem, excuse me, that uh, we're just going to keep spinning our wheels like we would in the mud. So again, to press the point that Jesus says, we really need to focus on the interior, the heart issue. And if we do that, the inside will take care of the outside. And I don't know, I don't have the faintest idea how to, to make this change on my own on the inside. And really, that's where God has to come in. Without God's help, you really just can't do anything. So in this podcast, we're going to look at a story from the Bible, Genesis chapter 32. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. So if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to, to flip over there. And I'm sure some of you know uh, this, uh, this story very well, this chapter. And it's about Jacob when he's wrestling with God. Uh, he, his story is going to teach us many principles about what it takes to make a change in your life, in my life. This, this story, you know, of Jacob started off not really a very, very good. Jacob was a liar. He's a deceiver. And he's really kind of a thief, to be honest about it. He's always kind of like a little sneaky little guy. But he ends up being the father of all of God's people. His name will become Israel, and he's very famous for all the generations, even to this day. And so we're going to look at Genesis chapter 32. And this is a turning point that he will shift from one lifestyle uh, to the other type of lifestyle. And he goes from uh, being a deceiver, a liar, uh, uh, this kind of uh, this thief idea, some people would say that, to, a, to the very presence and prince with God, and that God will change his name. Kind of like this new change, what you see is the principles of when God wants to make a change in your life, in my life. God always follows this kind of a pattern. And you can see it with Jacob. The first uh, phase is when it comes to changing your life. This is God's part. Part one, God is part of the crisis. And so Genesis chapter 32, verses, starting in verse 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was at a joint as he wrestled with him. So as you read on through this chapter, you will clearly find out quickly that the man that he's wrestling with, really, he's wrestling against God. And and that's why the word man is capitalized with this capital M in most of our Bibles. And this is uh, how it comes right off the top of the bat, that Jacob was just hanging out one day. Uh, he's out in the middle of nowhere. And, and it basically starts with some trouble with him. He starts pushing him. He starts wrestling with him. Imagine sitting in the, in the middle uh, of the street or the park where you might live, and someone comes up and starts to put you in a, in a headlock or just begins to poke at you or make fun of you and takes your clothes or whatever, your uh, your duffel bag or your backpack, whatever it is that you're carrying, and then runs off with it and makes a big mess of it. And so Jacob, he's just hanging out here. He's, he, someone comes by and starts this wrestling match with him. Now, I'm not really a big wrestling fan, as the, most people would think about, especially in America. I really enjoy high school wrestling, college wrestling. But... Uh, this so-called professional wrestling, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of fake, but that's just a personal opinion. 
So, anyhow, this is a this wrestling would be more like along the Olympics uh, for my world wow, audience that may not know what I'm talking about when I talk about uh, the WWF. And so, there there's two ways. Uh, to win in real uh, wrestling. One is that you, you pin the person to the mat and they basically, you know, go to your submission. They tap out or they're pinned down for so many seconds and so on. So have you ever felt like that? Like God is wrestling with you and, it, and it's not really going to stop until you quit. It, it's, it isn't going to stop until you say, enough you know we used to play this game uh, when I was a young uh, boy I had an uncle who wasn't really that much older than myself and uh, we would play uncle you know of course he was a little bit older than me and a little bit bigger and and so he would do this wrestling thing and twist your my arm behind my back and you had to say uncle right you're you're tapping out type thing and so this is really probably how Jacob feels right now, that if you've struggled with something and, and you're feeling like God is enough ever going to be felt like I've got to get on with this point of despair I've gotten, I, I can't take it anymore. And it seems like I understand that the devil is fighting me, but it seems like sometimes God is fighting me. And and it seems like God uh, could snap his fingers at any minute and make everything okay. You know, you've heard me, if you listen to this podcast enough uh, over the years, God's timing and my timing's never really been uh, the same. But uh, I'm sure we all have felt like we're in the situation where we cannot win. It's everything's up in the air, and, and I feel like... Uh, with God, it perhaps Jacob felt like this as well in this type of situation. And now notice how long Jacob struggles with with God. How long uh, to say that he struggles as the breaking of the day. You you know that this means that it lasted a long time. Uh, some people might think, well, it's, you know, just a few hours overnight type idea, but it lasted all night. I mean, it's how long has your struggles lasted? 20 years, 30 years, uh, overnight type situation. And it seems like it's just, there's no quick uh, resolution to this two or three or four minute type thing. It was hours and hours that Jacob uh, was wrestling with God. And I think he was wrestling with God a lot in prayer. But, so let me ask you a question here. What is the crisis that you're wrestling with today? What problem are you just absolutely sick and tired of and that you've been dealing with it all night long and you're you're so sick of it and you're saying enough is enough i just want it to go away did you ever consider that god may be may not really be behind all of that problem a lot of times i think we bring our own problems on ourselves but we definitely do not want to believe for jacob at all that night long who was really the one really behind this? Of course, God is wrestling with him. I, I get that. It's really clear. But you know, this idea too that Jacob was uh, the deceiver, he was a liar and so on. Perhaps, you know, he's really wrestling with himself through his sinful outside nature. Um, you know, he's not far from Esau's uh, camp. Maybe he's thinking about all the things that he did to Esau and, and how he stole the birthright and so on. But here's God, you know, in, in the middle of this wrestling match. And you have to ask, why would God torture us in the way that God uh, would do like this restless all-night wrestling match? Isn't God supposed to just come and, and, you know, be that indulgent grandfather? Give us a good pat on the back. 
give us uh, something to encourage us with. And now what God isn't doing his job? Why isn't God just doing this? Why is he allowing me to wrestle with this? You know, God does the, the crisis, I think, sometimes because it really gets our attention. It, and oftentimes, we're not paying attention in our life. And it, and it takes a crisis. It, it takes an all-night type problem. Or maybe it takes a disaster to, to get us to wake up and to get through our thick heads and say, okay, God, uh, what am I missing here? That, that there's a big problem going on, and I've got to get you involved in this. I've got to get my thick head out of it. To, to get in uh, one or two nights of, of restlessness, uh, no sleep. I don't know how many of you. I know I have more, more than once, multiple times, wrestling with God in prayer all night. Didn't get hardly any sleep, if any at all. I intentionally uh, did not sleep. I, I sat up thinking about the situation I was under, uh, praying about it over and over and over again, and hoping that uh, somewhere along the way I am going to get a softer heart. Uh, God is going to penetrate it, and I'm going to have an answer. And so, you know, when I was uh, teaching school in Arizona on the uh, mission school there, it, the school mascot was the Eagles. And have you ever thought about this? I mean, an Eagle, especially like a bald Eagle, will have to help its young come up out, out of that egg and help it uh, get all stretched out. And somewhere along the point, uh, the mother is going to really, literally, she's going to kick the uh, her baby out of the nest, and she just smart smacks it out. And but you know, you're going to have to learn to fly. You're going to hit the ground. There is a crisis for this little eaglet, and so without this idea here of Jacob uh, wrestling, and perhaps this is kind of what's going on with Jacob. God is wrestling with him uh perhaps he's going to be falling out of the nest here type thing and he's going to have to learn to fly type idea and so without any problems in our life I, I, boy we would think it's just a, a a bed of roses it's just you know a box of chocolates type of idea but that's not realistic uh, the, the truth of the matter is we live in a sinful world, and we are sinners our, ourselves, saved by grace. And I am so thankful for grace. But you have to uh, understand that God wants us to have him close to, to our hearts, that he's the only one that can cleanse the heart. We can try all we want. The, the, the truth of the matter is, why do we sin? That's a common question that I always ask. Hey, people always have that uh, head, they're lighting the headlights type look. They just kind of stare at you. Well, we sin because we like it. I mean, let's just be honest about it. We need to start turning our lives around and start liking the things that God likes and dislike the things that God dislikes. And, you know, God has so many wonderful things in store for us because we, in our human nature, believe it or not, we don't want to believe that we can be proactive. And that God wants to be that uh, force in our lives. Because we like to put things off. We're, we're procrastinators in reality. Uh, we don't want to look at the bad in ourselves. Uh, we want to put it off and, and tell ourselves it'll be all right type thing. And we don't want to see the areas that we just simply don't want to 
see. We don't want to touch it maybe till tomorrow. Um, and if tomorrow comes, maybe we'll put it off in, uh, to another day. And we really like to be comfortable. I mean, if we're happy in our simple little world, we're going to keep right on staying in that simple little world. And God has to sometimes make us uncomfortable. I, he has to put us in situations where we uh, will learn from that. And perhaps we're in this problem area, this, this troubled area, for a long time, we ignore it. And, and deep down, we know we have a sin problem. We know that uh, we have issues in our life. But we just kind of put it off. We're not going to deal with it today. And then God puts, has a situation come up where we have to deal with it. And because of the pain of uh, staying in, the, in that sinful type of lifestyle, We've got to figure out how to stop the pain. And the pain can go away with the healing of the great physician. Christ himself can heal us. He can help us remove those sin issues. And we, we so easily got ourselves into it, a situation, but we don't always easily get ourselves out of it. And so God knows that you and I need to change it. And we're never going to change until we we just have such a horrible time dealing with it. We're embarrassed by it. Uh, it's a beacon, beacon in the night type idea. The light just shines so bright that uh, you can't help but not see it and have to deal with it. And again, back to Jacob, this idea, I think, uh, Jacob, again, was a, a deceiver. Uh, he was a thief. Uh, Jacob, uh, he's, he's alive on this day, and he's feeling his sin problem. And God is, is telling him, uh, you're not going to escape from me over this any longer. You know, you've been running from me. You've been hiding this from me. But today, uh, I'm going to, to beat you down until you realize that you have to do something about it. You're going to have to change your life. And, you know, God brings cloudy days to us sometimes to get our attention to say, hey, I've got to change my life. So Jacob struggles again all night. And I'm telling you that God struggled this out of him with love for Jacob. And perhaps not just out of love, but his tremendous, overwhelming love. Because a wise man once said that God loves you exactly the way that you love him. Well, that's not true. God loves you far more than you and I could probably ever realize and love God back. So... We need to understand that Jacob, uh, this wrestling idea that he has with God, with his sin problems, and he's going to have to have God help him get out. God wants us to, to do something really great in our lives. He wants us to, to be the light of the world. To be that shining example of what it really truly means to be a follower of Christ. And, and the change starts with uh, God bringing some kind of a crisis or problem into our life to, to be able to work things out. So, but we're going to have to respond in, to this situation. And what should we do when God brings us this uh, cloudy day? And so... Genesis uh, 32, verse 26. You should already have your Bible marked there. And he said, uh, we're going to have to commit. And so here's Jacob says, and he said, uh, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so what does this verse here in verse 26 says, let me go for the day breaks. And I think this is God's way of saying, uh, 
this is a new day for you. But I, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. And look, you know, here, this is Jacob in the middle of this saying, um, I, I really need your help. I really need your blessing. I cannot do away with this sin issue. I can't change my life without you blessing me and helping me. Because I've been doing this for a lot of years, and I've actually become very comfortable type idea and the way I handle things around me. And so, again, here he is. Uh, you're, you're not leaving God until I get something from you, and that's a commitment. And Jacob was determined. I mean, he's persistent, and he sticks with it. And I wonder how many of us stick with this idea, this, this, per, this persistence to stand before God in his throne and say, I need your blessing. Well, we might pray about it once. We might pray about the situation twice. And then we think, well, God's not going to answer that prayer. And, you know, there, there's an old saying, uh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, you know, we, we need to have our problems done away with. We want them to go away. But if, you know, again, we're going to say, God, I mean, if you're never going to bless me, how am I ever going to find change in my life? How can I change on my own? I'm a sinful person. I, I'm stuck in this flesh that desires and enjoys uh, breaking your law. And until you're uh, working with me to help me, uh, I, I can't do this. God, I've got to have you. I've got to be, I'm depending on you, Lord, to help me. And somebody might email me and say, well, you're making demands that God, you're telling God what to do. No. Look again at what Jacob says here. Jacob is being very persistent. I, you can't leave until you give me this blessing. You can't leave until I have your commitment, God, that what I'm struggling with until I find an answer. And I haven't been able to find this answer on my own. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a coward God, and I, I just hope that, uh, that all this kind of goes away. No, I, you know, I'm struggling with this, and, and I really, I want to fight, and I'm going to persist uh, until you bless me type of idea. And I don't see this as being negative toward God. I, I mean, if Jacob is found to be righteous and his name is changed to Israel, uh, I think it's okay to, to just continually battle in prayer. And so when God brings this crisis, this cloudy day into your life, and he gets your attention, and he still doesn't solve it right away like uh, what you and I might be thinking it needs to be, this idea of a disaster or this crisis in our life, and you realize, yes, God, I, I need to make a change, and the easiest thing for me to do is just forget it and walk away. But that's really not change. That's just ignoring the problem. And, you know, but sometimes it really does take time. God, God needs us to be committed in this fight. You know, if, uh, sometimes I've often wondered and thought, on a, any, any subject you want to fill in the blank with, you know, uh, God's on his own timetable and I'm on mine. But if he instantly fixed every problem... Uh, maybe I wouldn't be wrestling with this in prayer. Uh, maybe I wouldn't uh, get closer to God. But I, I need to make this effort to show God, hey, I really am sincere in my prayer and in, in my uh, request that, yes, I need your blessings, but I also mean business, that I'm taking this serious and I want to make a change and, you know, I, I, I want to go to worship service. I, I want to read your word more. I want to tell more people about you. Uh, I want to help my children and my grandchildren know who you are. Uh, 
you know, I'm not going to walk out uh, of the church every time I hear a sermon that I don't like or agree with, and I've had that happen. Uh, people would stay for sermons when we talk about love and happiness and peace, and I like presenting those sermons because they're honestly, they're really easy to give because I know that's what people want to hear. But when I give a sermon uh, that speaks about sinful life and changing that, removing that, stop doing that type of sermons, uh, you know, I've, people don't want to hear that. They, they just, they want this idea of kumbaya, you know, come by here, Lord, it'll be all right. But, you know, it will be all right if you let God come by. But my point is, the Bible is a mirror of God as his heart, his love for us as his creation. But God wants to hear something. He says, uh, I really want to know that you're going to really uh, have skin in the game, I, for lack of better terms here. That you're going to be serious about your commitment that you just made. Because we, we say a lot of things. We, 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 sometimes we talk a talk, but we don't always walk the walk. And to stay uh, strong short term uh, might be an easy thing to do. Long term, it's more of a difficult thing to do. You know, I recall years ago, um, we were doing a camp, a summer type camp. Uh, kids were out of school, and it was for the deaf. And these young kids really wanted to be baptized, and they, they, they said they wanted to be Christians. And when I say young, I, I mean they were, they were young teenagers. And, uh, you know, I remember one of the older men who was also deaf went up and said, Hey, this is great. You, you want to know who Jesus is. You want to study his word. You want to know uh, the history uh, of man and the fall of man and all this. But are you willing to stay committed for the rest of your life to Jesus? Are you willing to uh, walk the walk? You're 15 years old. You could live feasibly another 80 years. Are you willing to reject all these sinful lifestyles? And none of the kids had thought of that. And they all said, we, well, uh, well, we need to think more about that. And so... The normal reaction to any weakness or problem is simply just to run from the problem. The weaknesses in my life, I want to hide them. I just don't want to think about them anymore. Just want them to go away from my life. But God wants to see honestly if we're going to have this commitment. Are, are we going to fight for that answer? You know, if you've listened to the podcast enough that you know that, you know, I make this statement all the time. Being a Christian it takes grit. It takes sand. It's not a child's game. And we fail, in my opinion, to teach our younger family people or our, our teenagers that the commitment in the lifelong walk is important. You don't just become a Christian because you heard a sermon and said a prayer, uh, got baptized. And then you go live the life that you want to live. You have to be willing to fight and stand up. And believe me, uh, God is my witness. I, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure. How many people has God brought a crisis in their life? And, and they told him that, you know, I, I want to make change. They understood it. And they said, yes, I want to make a change. But they weren't persistent enough. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's going to be times in, in your life, life on earth is hard, okay? It's just going to have struggles and temptations. And we have to be willing to fight and try our very best, honestly, to remove those. But we have to have God's help. And God's not going to help us unless we're willing to be in the fight. Okay, and so we need to trust in God. We need to know who God is. We need to know his word and, and be willing to struggle and fight all night, wrestle with God all night in prayer and be in his word. And 
so that we can become stronger in our walk. You know, years ago I read this article, they, they did a study on trees, and they found that trees that were raised in a greenhouse where there was really no wind, uh, these trees didn't really make it. Uh, they died. Uh, any decent wind would come along after they were planted outside of the greenhouse. You know, they didn't have a, a root system to hold them up. Uh, you know, a young tree that, that starts off out in the in the out in the forest, out in the wilderness, in in your backyard, in the park, wherever, and it grows and it goes through the storms of life. As it grows, the roots get deeper into the soil. The wind makes it, you know, it, it learns to resist the wind so it doesn't fall over so easily. And that's what we need in our walk. We we need to have our, our roots deeper and deeper in the Word of God, deeper and deeper in prayer, because these storms of life can make us stronger. But if we're always sheltered or we always ignore the problems, uh, we're never going to make it. But Jacob said, no, uh, you know, God, I really am going to stick with this. I Until I get a result... I'm not going to let you go. And here he is, being persistent. I really care about my life, and I really want to make a change in my life. I don't want to be this liar and this deceiver type thing. But i got to have your blessings. And again, this is what Jacob says. I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting that you're going to help me get through this very problem. So I've stressed pretty hard that the word, the name Jacob means deceiver. But the, the name Israel means prince of God. And so God changes him from being that deceiver, that liar, to what is really beautiful. Uh, when God wants to make a change... Where does God make that change? In the beginning, I, I told you it's from the very first that we very first verse that we read, it's on the inside. It's with the heart. And change happens. And from the very beginning, nothing on the outside was different with Jacob. He was in the same place, the same spot, he had the same hair, uh, same sweat on his face, probably the same personality, everything. But God made the change on the inside. He says, you're no longer Jacob. You are now Israel. You were a deceiver, and now you're a prince. And when God wants to make a change in your life, I promise you, inside always comes first. And that's what God wants to do to you and to me this very moment. He wants us to be struggling, whether it's with a temper uh, a fear, worries, anxiety, uh, I, I don't know, whatever it is. But God wants us to be a prince. And you might ask yourself, how is that really going to happen, God? I mean, I still have the same job. I had the same friends at school. How am I supposed to, you know, forget about all these things? Because inside and out, after all, I'm, I'm going to be in the same place. And what do you think you are on the inside? How's that going to affect everything that you do in life? You know, if God changes the inside. Maybe at work, you know, you're using less, less profanity. Maybe at school, you're not cheating on your test anymore. Uh, you know, that's just real small examples. But it starts with the inside. And as you change... I think, honestly, you'll find new people around you. God will bring people into your life to help strengthen you and encourage you. Uh, I think if you would really wrestle with God in prayer to find uh, the true worship that God deserves and desires, uh, to find a congregation, a church uh, in, in the area that you live that is teaching the complete Word of God, not just that your chapter and verse, um, not just hanging on what somebody else has said, 
but listening to the Word of God. Being in deep prayer over this and, and teaching from in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth all the way to the last word in Revelation, which is amen. I find that to be interesting. And so, you know, finding that type of congregation is not easy. It, it, it really is not. And we have so many people now that have walked away from the church here in America, especially since COVID, uh, and moved into uh, church homes. Uh, they're in people's homes. I mean, we, I have met in people's homes here. Uh, I know some of the people listening are probably going to say, well, no, that's not sufficient. Uh, you really got to go to a church with a name on a building. Well, the true definition of church uh, is the people. Jesus didn't die for brick and mortar. He didn't die for a name on a building or a sign. He died for you and me. And I, I really truly believe if you really ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and directions, and you're sincere, and you wrestle with this uh, in prayer, and you're sincere, and you're honestly looking, God's going to lead you to that place. He's going to help you find a group of people who truly study the Word of God from the inside out. And this is something you just can't get in a 20-minute sermon at church, 30-minute sermon on Sunday morning, whatever. This is a daily thing. This has to be a lifestyle. And there's going to be a day that all of us will face God face to face. And what are we doing? about it and so notice here in the next verse here uh, in Genesis chapter 32 chapter 32 verse 31 says just as he crossed over Penel the, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip and so God made him new on the inside but he did something on the outside uh, he made him new, yes, but he touched his hip and, and made him limp for the rest of his life. And, and why is that? And I think it's for a couple of reasons. You, you know that they say that the hip is the strongest uh, muscle in your body, and that area of your thigh, your legs, you know, type thing. And so the human body, uh, God touched that and dislocated it, he injured it, however you want to look at it. But that was the strongest area of his body. To remind him, to remind him of the lesson that he learned on the night that he wrestled with God all night. To rely on the strength of God. And, and when you're making a change in your life, the first thing that we should want to do is rely on God. And of course, we need to be able to do this by studying uh, the Word of God. So many people say, well, if I just have somebody do a heal, faith healing or if I go buy this book or whatever, uh, no. We, we need to uh, stay away from that kind of thing. We need to be relying on God. There's nothing uh, wrong with willpower, but how well does it work for you? I mean, here again, I made this point over and over in this podcast about some of us have struggled with the sinful lifestyles for years. So obviously willpower, uh, long-term change, uh, doesn't really work. We, we need God to change that. We need to rely on God. Because relying on me, myself, and I, those are the most famous important people in most people's lives. And it's not working. It's failed. And that's because we have not allowed God and His presence of His Spirit to, to be dwelling within us. But it takes more than that. I mean, God reminded uh, Jacob that <laughs> your willpower to change your life uh, 
probably not done you so well. But I'm going to remind you, so every day that you're walking down the path of life, you're going to be limping. So you will remember this night that you wrestled with me and that you made a commitment forever to be with me and let me change the inside. Let me clean the inside with the blood of the, from the cross. You know, I know I've kind of gone on longer uh, the last few weeks on the la podcast. Uh, it's something that uh, I guess uh, the Lord's laid on my heart after lots of prayers. Doesn't mean I won't uh, change uh, my thoughts, I guess. But uh, there goes that willpower thing, right? And I've had a lot of good po positive comments about the length of the podcast. People seem to be enjoying that. And so uh, I ask that you pray for me as I continue and strive to bring you quality thoughts for the week that so many people are listening to this podcast around the world. And that you would pray for these people and you'd go to their, we have a web page, as the lady here will tell you about here in a few minutes, that uh, has a prayer request page. And I know that doesn't change dramatically uh, from day to day. But we always have a nation that we pray for for the month. And if you're a missionary and you're listening to this and you want to email me and tell me about the struggles of your mission work in the nation that you're trying so desperately to bring the complete Word of God to, and write me a little paragraph that I can put up on the uh, web page. I'd be honored to do that. I certainly hope that you would see there's no other option, just like Jacob. He, there's no other option but God. He is it. He is our creator. He's our savior. He is our judge, and he loved us, and he died for us, and wants to cleanse us from the inside all the way on the outside. Again, may God bless you. May he always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may He have the glory.